It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome to Volcast. This is Jeff Smith, and I'm so glad that you could be with us today. Today, I'm very happy and excited to have in studio Dr. Mark Greenwald. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, um, Mark, we've broken a streak. We generally have beautiful weather when we record these. So, um, you know, I guess if we need rain, we should invite you. Yes, this is a bad time to be talking about rain, but it's raining a lot right now. Yes, indeed. Well, let's, uh, l- let me tell you how to get in touch with us. Um, you know, during the course of the week, if you want to reach out, it's jeff at voltageleadership.com. You can uh, send us an email, send us uh, things that you'd like to talk about throughout the course of the week. Um, during the um, during the week, you can also go to our website, VoltageLeadership.com, where you can see our blog. Um, we can post information for you. Um, we will rebroadcast this, and we'll also have a blog about uh, what we covered uh, in the near future about this topic. So today, what we're going to be talking about is culture by design. We'll be helping you to say, how do we design the culture? And then what are some of the key aspects about how do we give and receive feedback? How do we not just survive a culture, but how do we actually thrive in the culture? Um, Mark is, um, by trade, he's actually a physician, um, has done outstanding work in that field, as well as being a leader of physicians and helping physicians grow and improve their well-being. He has helped uh, train doctors as well as be able to sort of corral them and get them to to know how to grow in their own field. So, Mark, happy to have you with us today. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be here. Yeah. So maybe just, uh, you know, Mark and I share uh, a passion for coaching. Um, You know, Mark, that's not traditional for a physician to go into something like coaching and leadership development and, and care about that. Maybe just give us a quick overview before we dive into the topic about how did you get interested in this field? Really got started back in my time in the military. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and actually, before that, I was asked to be chief resident during my residency training program. And that was the first time I really thought about leadership in the context of me being a physician. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I had opportunities to be a leader before, but never in the medical context. And never really thought about physicians in that role. But then I served as a medical officer in the Navy for five years after my residency training. Mm -hmm. And during that time, really had a much better chance to immerse myself in a leadership culture. A lot of the military is surrounded by and structured around leadership. And that was the, the seed that got planted during that time. No, that's great. Well, thanks for serving me too. Oh, so, you. yeah, appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're still in the uh, sort of the remnants of, um, as we're recording this, um, the, the hurricane, uh, Harvey and, and all that. And, you know, I just want to give thanks to Mark and all those other folks in uh, hospitals and physicians that, you know, get overlooked sometimes in this craziness. So thanks for your service when you take care of our folks in times of troubles too. So. Well, let's dive in then, Mark. Um, so this culture by design concept, right? Um, I, I like this. And, um, you know, Mark and I did some prep work to get ready for the show. And, and that was his idea. So when you think about culture by design, what does that mean to you? 
Really, Jeff, all organizations have a culture. Mm. And most of the time, you don't realize what your culture is, but somebody coming in from the outside would very quickly be able to say and discern, hmm, this is what kind of culture this is. Is this a political culture? Is this a power-centric culture? Is this a hierarchical culture? And so what I like to say is that all cultures have a design, and it's either uh, all cultures have a design, it's either design or by default. Mm. And so is your culture one that you've specifically and consciously said, this is the way we want to be, this is how we want to be with each other, and structured and developed people to be part of that culture, or has it been more of a culture by default that whatever happens, happens, and in doing that, the challenge with a culture by default, some cultures are very good cultures and very functional cultures by default, but whenever anything goes bad or whenever there's any pressure in the culture, you have no idea how to do a self-correction at all. Sure. Yeah. And we've probably seen both, right? <laughs> See, great examples of all of them. Yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, part of what we're trying to do for our listeners here is um, get them out of the zombie zone, right? So they're kind of going through week in and week out, and they probably haven't really thought about the culture some days, right? Exactly. And so that's that becomes that culture by default. And and some folks might say, well, gosh, I'm not in charge. Some folks are the CEO, so they are in charge. What I would encourage is, you know, we're all in charge, there's something that we can control in the culture. How can we get intentional about it? Very much so. Yeah. So as you think about uh, how do we design the culture, what, what, what are some of the aspects and what are some of the things that you look to do to help to have more of a design culture where, again, people can thrive and not just survive? Right. So the first thing is really to, to begin to, to ask the question, what is our culture? Mm-hmm. And to be able to create a space where people feel safe to be able to talk about that. One of the things that happens in a lot of cultures is that people do not feel free to express exactly what they're feeling, what they're thinking, the ideas that they have, the concerns that they have. Every culture has what we call the elephants in the room, right? Sure. And so the ability to, to go after those elephants, to name them, and to feel free and safe to begin dialoguing about them becomes vital in the process of transitioning, if you will, from a culture by default to a culture by design. Mm. And and in order to do that from a leadership perspective, of course, you have to be the one to begin to ask those questions and be curious. And part of that then requires you to be seeking feedback. Ah, yeah, that's going to be important. We'll make sure that we get get to that. Uh, You know, we're going to spend a good bit of time on the show talking about culture by design as well as the the feedback. You know, I guess... um, you know, maybe talking a little bit about what we're seeing in the marketplace. You know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, we've had Scott Eblen on the show. I'm pointing over to the the uh, books over here um, on overworked and overwhelmed. Um, and I know you deal with a lot with the physicians who it's a hard life. I mean, you know, a lot of people sort of glorify the role, but don't realize just how challenging the role is and, and how you can be caught in the middle. Can you give us a little bit of sense for what are you seeing in healthcare maybe? And, you know, what are the, some of the challenges that physicians, healthcare leaders are facing? these days. Many of your listeners may be aware of the burnout epidemic that's going on in healthcare right now. It's not something we're proud of, mm. but it is something that we're starting to name, and that becomes vital. And it's it's not exclusive to healthcare. Healthcare just probably is is much has much more prevalence than in other organizations. So part of what what the way the work that I've done is frame this is to say, you know, our our job isn't ultimately to be in survival mode or not survival mode or burnout mode or not burnout mode. Sure. It's really to say, how do we create a a culture that's thriving, that's flourishing? Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you have to name that. So you have to say, wherever we are right now, what would it take for us and how would we define our culture when it's operating at its best, Mm -hmm. when we're being our best? And then begin to say, what would it take 
in incremental steps to get there. Now, of course, in order to do that, you have to be brutally honest about your present culture. Yeah. And that, that requires being curious once again and being able to both ask for and, and really receive that feedback when things aren't going well. Because most cultures have the opportunity for improvement, even if they're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. They could be better. And, and it's that the curiosity that allows you to begin to get better. Have you found that um, physician leaders and uh, you know administrative leaders in healthcare are open to this uh, sort of feedback and and let's design the culture? I think it varies. Yeah, I think most would would if if they heard that phrase and 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 understood that concept, most would say absolutely. We want that for our organization. Mm-hmm. I think part of the challenge is that many don't know how to get there. Mm. So they they may begin the process or what happens in many organizations is they have a some kind of big kickoff. They bring in some kind of program or have some kind of big kickoff. And in doing that, that may be a good catalyst to begin a process, but then they haven't planned the next step. So what happens the day after everybody feels good and they're going back to their regular work again? Sure. How do you keep that momentum going? And what's your endpoint? And so I think a lot of a lot of programs that that organizations implement haven't been thought out in terms of the longitudinal piece. You do see examples of, of organizations that have done that and have been very, very successful in terms of really changing their culture. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think one of the things that we talked about too was, you know, what is the maybe as you're thinking about this um, vision of a culture, um, what what things like, you know, learning culture, I know is a word we talked about ahead mm-hmm. of time. You know, what, what types of things do you see in culture by design where it works and you start to see people start to, to, to thrive and not just sort of survive? Sure. So the, you mentioned just that whole idea of a, of a learning organization or a okay, learning culture. Perfect. So that that's that idea of we are curious. We are, we have a, an improvement mentality. And a lot of times in healthcare, when we think about improvement, we think about it just in the context of patient care. Mm-hmm. Obviously very important but insufficient. So the improvement can't just be with patient care. It also has to be with the people who are providing that care. Sure. And so the, the learning organization becomes quite important in terms of saying, once again, what's working, what isn't, can bring in some aspects of appreciative inquiry and things like that. Mm-hmm. Looking at pockets of the organization and saying, how is it How is it being successful here? And of course, what appreciative inquiry says is if it can be successful anywhere in an organization, it can be successful everywhere in an organization. So it's not that matter of saying, yeah, we can't be that other organization. That's okay, but you can say within within your own, there's something going right. right. And how can you capitalize on that? Yeah, one of the things we talked about uh, in the prep was this this amazing thing called emotions, right? And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that it's, uh, theoretically, lots of the organizations that you and I have partnered with or worked with, you know, they want to get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone shows up and they're not happy about a change that's been made. They were included in the change. And this, you know, as um, as the, the Heath brothers do in the switch, you know, there's there's a rational part of us, there's an emotional part of us, and then we try to get on a path. Yeah. Those, they rec- recognize that the emotions are often like elephants. You know, and the elephants rear up and the emotions get in there. You know, how do you, you know, we'll start the conversation here and then we'll probably move into break, but how do you deal with that emotional piece of the elephants are in the room and they're rearing their head and I'm not sure that I really want to go the, the places you want me to go. And that becomes even more challenging in healthcare. Healthcare tends to draw people who like the rational side of decision making. They like things that are logical. And so... The challenge with emotions are if you don't recognize them, as, as has been pointed out, you say with the Heath brothers and their, their switch model, is they don't go away. They're still there, but they're influencing in the background. 
And what you really want to do is to be able to bring them out front and to be able to say, yes, this is this is hard. Yes, this is frustrating, whatever that emotion might be, to be able to name it becomes the first step in some ways in being able to tame it. Mm. And so so ignoring emotion, as we know, both individually and organizationally, doesn't make it go away. It just makes it go underground. <laughs> and then it will leak out in other ways. And right. usually those ways are more destructive to the vision that an organization might have for themselves. Okay. So what I hear is a couple things um, to, to recap is, you know, you're going to have a culture, you know, are, are you having one that's by default or do you want to be intentional and design it? Okay. Next is um, part of what we're going to have to deal with is giving and receiving feedback. You know, we have to really touch on that and you know, you're going to have emotions and you can't back away from it. You almost have to lean in and say, I'm going to deal with it. We're going to handle it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Why don't we start on the feedback path? Sure. You know, so, um, you know, this is critical. You know, we got a couple minutes before break. You know, I know you've really started to play with this um, from a feedback perspective. Uh, Mark and I have uh, led a program together around feedback, and he, it's brilliant. We're going to walk you through the model as we go through the show. But why did you start with feedback and saying, gosh, it's just critical to, to culture by design? Well, in order for anybody to grow, yeah. you have to know where the gap is between where it is that you're hoping to get and where you are right now. So sure. that becomes, and the only way you're going to close that gap is really through some kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. Now that feedback could be internal reflection yeah. and, and having some kind of gauge or measurement that you're using, something as simple as a time if you're doing something athletically. Sure. Uh, but often that feedback has to come from outside. And mm-hmm. from a leadership perspective, it usually has to come from those people who are being impacted by your leadership. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who really understand whether you're effective or not in your leadership role. So the ability, what, what I what I observe in healthcare is, and particularly medical education, is every year, it's kind of my standing joke, every year we'll bring somebody in from the outside to give a talk about giving feedback. Yeah. And the mechanics of giving feedback are very simple. The challenge is not the mechanics of giving feedback, the challenge is the emotion around it. And that's what gets in the way. And what I see over and over again is, People don't talk about the emotion. So it's that question of what makes feedback hard? It's the emotion. Yeah. It's And the emotion often is because I feel like I'm going to be creating a situation that's conflictual. Mm-hmm. And conflict tends to be something that many people will, will run away from mm-hmm. or avoid or pull back from. And so naming the emotion, we talked about that already, but naming the emotion and saying, this is challenging. Uh, this is hard for me. This is frustrating. Uh, I'm angry right now. Whatever those emotions are, begin to give you the opportunity to then frame them differently and to begin to be able to give feedback in that context or to be able to say, I don't want to give, if we're talking about giving feedback, I can't be giving feedback while I'm angry mm. because that in doing that, it won't be heard well. Yeah. Okay. So what I find is the, the most important piece from a leadership perspective is if you can learn how to seek, actively seek, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that after the break, yeah. actively seek and receive feedback, you will begin to understand much more the emotion that it takes. Because just like giving receive, giving feedback is challenging because of the emotion and the emotion that not only we feel, but we're afraid will come back to us in terms of a reaction. The same thing happens when we seek feedback. So a lot of people more passively seek than actively seek feedback. Mm-hmm. So they will say, I'm open to feedback. Sure. But when no feedback comes, rather than going out and being curious and saying, I know there's feedback out there, they'll say, I guess I assume things are going well because no one's coming and giving me feedback. Yeah. And when I ask folks who are impacted by their leadership, do you have feedback for them? They say, absolutely. 
And then when I say, well, why don't you go and give that to them? And their answer is because we don't really believe that person is open to that feedback. So they're saying the words, but their actions aren't congruent with those words. And that becomes the challenge. And we will go over the, the model after the break. But that becomes an important part of the challenge is to say, as I understand the emotion that it takes from my perspective to make myself vulnerable as a leader to actually go out and seek real feedback, I'm going to be much more empathic as I give feedback and understanding the emotions around that as well. Hmm, fantastic. Mark, great start to the show here. Um, you know, so I think for us coming up, Mark's going to be with us the whole time today. We're going to start to roll down into the feedback, how do you give it, how do you receive it. Uh, we'll also have a model for you. So if you might want to, it's a good time to grab a pen and a piece of paper. We'll, uh, we'll be going over a model here in the next segment. So thanks for joining us today on Folkcast. We'll be right back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back to Volcast. Thanks for uh, joining us today. We've got Dr. Mark Greenwald on the program. Mark uh, has joined us. He's a physician, a leader, a teacher, and has really worked hard to come up with some ideas that I think can be used in any type of environment, whether it's healthcare, to big companies, to startups. Because what it really is about is how do you shape the culture you're looking for, how do you give and receive feedback, and how do you grow yourself as a leader? And so, Mark, before the break, we just kind of, you know, gone through, you know, hey, we got to deal with emotions. You know, if we're going to make changes in our organization, we've got to confront emotions, which means we've got to be both ourselves open to feedback as well as willing to give feedback. We alluded to this a little bit. There's the fight, the flight, and the freeze. You know, lots of people have that. What I'm curious about, though, and, and we talked about this a bit, is, you know, how do, how do we get started with this feedback like, who goes first and how do you even get there? So could you maybe start us, you know, on that process? Sure. Who goes first? From a leadership perspective, you go first. Oh, that, that's called leadership. Darn. I know. Yeah, very, <laughs> very challenging. But it really, it really is that. The person who goes first is the person who's curious. Hmm. Or I would contend the person who needs that feedback in order to continue to grow. Yep. And so if you're in any kind of leadership position, and I would contend that likely most of your listeners are, yep. then who leads it? They do. Yeah. Uh, they do as, 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 the, as the leader because what part of what happens with feedback is that when you seek feedback, just like any other, if you think about feedback as a gift, yep. if I come and seek feedback from you and I'm truly genuine in doing it, and as we talk about in a minute, I receive that feedback in a way that makes you feel safe, the likely response at some point for you is reciprocal. Yes. So you're going to come back to me and say, hey, do you have any feedback for me? Mm-hmm. And so that becomes part of the leadership. And in doing that, what you're doing is creating a feedback culture. We talked about culture by design earlier. Mm-hmm. 
most organizations don't have a culture of feedback yeah. where people truly and openly feel safe giving feedback. And that's really the, the goal, certainly the goal that we aspire to in our own organization is to say, I want to get to the point where I don't have to continue to try to go out there and mine and, and almost almost persuade people to give me feedback. But they feel quite quite comfortable just coming and giving me that feedback. Yeah. And that that's that's not going to be step one. Yeah. You know, because most people have been really most people at some point in time have been wounded or have seen somebody else be wounded sure. through the process of feedback. It's what I call <laughs> killing the messenger. Yes. And so so somebody may come and say, Do you have feedback for me? I begin to give them feedback and they begin to immediately get defensive or they begin to strike back or they sometimes begin to try to give examples of where I perhaps was had more shortcomings than they did. Well, that'll happen one time, right. and nobody that the person will never come back and give you feedback again. Right. So, how do we get to that point? And so, the the question that I like to frame people we talked about earlier about the whole idea of emotion. We have to acknowledge first of all that receiving feedback from someone else does make us feel vulnerable. Therefore, there is some emotion involved. Mm-hmm. And so, I like to think about it this way. I, and I pose this in my workshops. I ask the question: If another person had information about you, which would make you a better leader? colleague, teammate, or friend, would you want that information? Sign me up. <laughs> exactly. There's a, it's very, it would be very hard to say no to that, right? Uh, so, so, so let me ask you the same question, and I'll just frame it a little bit differently. If another person had information about you, which would stretch you, which would make you feel vulnerable, would potentially bruise your ego, but ultimately make you a better leader, colleague, teammate, or friend, would you want that information? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. And, and of course, what I just asked you is the same question. Right. And so so it, that, that brings in the emotion piece. And right. being able to acknowledge that and say, if I'm going in, opening myself up is a courageous act. Yes. However, I would contend the more courageous act is the person who is now going to give you that information. Mm. And so I need to go in treating what's about to happen with that kind of with that kind of delicacy, if you will, yeah. that really that this is a this is a, a very tender thing that's about to happen. How can I make sure I respect it that way so that I, I allow this person to be able to give me the best feedback they can? Because the other thing that will happen for those who try this process, and I'm hoping all of your listeners will, is the first time around, this person isn't going to give you their best stuff. Oh, it's So yeah. they're going to see if you're really serious about it. And so they'll give you something very superficial. And often what they'll give you isn't even feedback. Right. So they'll, I'll, I'll say to them, how do you think the meeting went today? Or, or, or how do you think I did in terms of that presentation? And their answer will be something along the lines of, you did great. Or you did fine. And often we'll stop and say, okay. Thank you. That's, you know, that's, that's really helpful. Well, if you step back, that wasn't even feedback. Right. That was really evaluation of what it was. And they yeah. said, you got an A or a B, but I can do nothing with that. So right. feedback should be actionable. Yes. And if somebody says you did a good job, I have no idea if I did a good job because it didn't last very long. Right. I didn't do it. They thought I did a good job because I told a good joke. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what, what they were framing and what they were using to judge it. And so the more I can give them an idea of the frame, here's what I'm working on right now. So almost lay out my goals. Yes. Here's what I'm working on. And the, the, the more I can make that a safe space for them, the better the chances are that I'll get feedback that's both useful for me and safe for them. And so, so the, the, the structure. Yeah, I'm going to be there for just a second. I think it's really important. Even we had our strategy meeting earlier this week um, for voltage, but even just a couple months ago, 
similar meeting. These are people that are supposed to, to know how to get feedback, receive feedback. You know, I opened the door and just said to my team, hey, share some feedback. Things came out just like you said. Hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, the meeting went well. Thanks for uh, leaving time for us. And I'm like, all right, let's back up. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that I give vague instructions often. Let's assume that I've been too busy and we, I've missed some one-on-ones lately. And that, um, you know, we don't have clarity on what we're doing in marketing these days. Now, what feedback do you have? Like, I had to really prompt them to say, hey, I don't need validation. I know I, I do a good enough job most days. But there's this, I need some help on, like, how upset, how frustrated are. And so I would say that I was a little nervous about what was going to come. But I got to tell you, the next 10 minutes led to a great conversation that has really rocketed the company the last three to four months. But I will say, it was a little nerve-wracking, like, put myself into that spot. I'm like, okay, here it comes. I'm going to take a deep breath, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and so so thinking about that, first of all, there's nothing wrong with validation. Right. Validation is, is necessary, but it's sure. not sufficient. Right. You, you right. need more than that, again, if you want to grow as a leader. The other thing to think about, and, and this is something that I think is helpful to frame the whole idea of feedback. Often we use qualifiers when we talk about feedback and often we'll actually we'll actually telegraph those qualifiers. I'd like to give you some positive feedback. Right. I have some negative feedback I'd like to give you. I'd like to give you some constructive feedback as if another time I'd give you destructive, destructive. feedback. So the way I like to think about it is if you if you take the positive and negative and don't think about it as an emotional charge, uh, but good. think about it instead as as the idea if you think about it feedback being rock Rocket science, if you will. So think about a rocket that you've launched and it has a target that it's moving toward. That rocket is either on target to reach that to reach that place or it's not. And every time it's on target, the feedback that you get from a kind of a systems engineering perspective is what we call positive feedback. You're on target, continue to do what you're doing. Yeah. Every time the rocket deviates off the course, the system feeds back and says, you're not on target. We need to do a correction. And we would call that negative feedback. Mm-hmm. So there's not a charge to it, particularly if it's goal-directed. It's really just saying, you, in my view, you're either on target or you're off target, either of which can be helpful for us. And so what I, what I encourage folks to do is just to call it feedback. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, the other thing that I encourage them to do is to think about two important components of feedback. Feedback should be both accurate Mm-hmm. or honest, yep. and feedback should be caring. Yes. So I want to make sure that I both, it matters enough that I give the person I'm giving feedback to accurate information, as accurate as I can, can get it. So I'm not, I'm not giving innuendo or rumor. I'm giving them the best stuff that I have. But I'm also making sure that the feedback is intended to help them grow. Yeah. It's not to put them down. It's not to make me look better. It's really just to help them grow. So that becomes the the framework to also then receive it because I can help coach people around that as they're giving me feedback. Because sometimes people will give feedback that will be actually very good and helpful information, but it'll sting a little bit. Sure. And so in the moment, I have to decide, am I going to react to the sting mm. or am I going to take that feedback and then process it and then follow up at some point in time and say, say, let me help you understand how to, thank you for the feedback, but let me help you understand how it could be even more helpful for yeah. me. So that gets into the whole model. And this yeah. is for your, for your listeners. I want to give them a model that is very easy to do. And if they do it, it will create a safe framework for giving feedback. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I'll let you catch your breath, take a sip of water here. Um, I'll, I'll wrap up something there. There's a good book. I, uh, I'm looking over at the, my book bag over on the, on the, over there. It's called Radical Candor. 
um, is a recent book. I'd highly recommend it just to what Mark is talking about. Um, there is this ability, the, the, the lady that wrote it is a former executive that worked with Sheryl Sandberg, um, Larry Page at Google, and Steve Jobs at Apple. And she has some great case studies, but it's just what Mark's going to walk us through in a second. But it's, you've got to care about the person and you've got to be honest. If you care, but you're not honest and you're vague, you know, they, they, that's that, you know, wouldn't you want your friend to know that they're not on track and you're not helping them be successful. They're actually, they're kind of funny. Um, they would rather you be a jerk. You know, she was saying, be a jerk, but but um, direct, you know, because at least they know what to do, you know, instead of losing a job later on. And so I think a lot of what you're talking about feeds nicely into it. So be honest, care about the person, mm-hmm. and that will start you. But let's go through the model that you got, that you brought with us today. So the model model is very simple, Jeff. It says, I plan, I act. And then we'll talk about what I call the three R's. I like it. And so I plan is basically, I plan is not an acronym. It's a, it's a strategy. Okay. Before I seek feedback, knowing that feedback matters Mm -hmm. and that, that if I'm seeking feedback from somebody and I blow it, I may not ever get good feedback from them again. And so I need to plan it. I I just, I call it the who, what, why, when, where, and how. So really saying who has the information that I need, you know, who, who may be able to give me feedback that's useful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, What feedback am I seeking? So Uh am I just going to be open-ended, which is much more dangerous, or am I going to say, here's the specific feedback that I'm looking for. And sometimes it's from different people. This person might have good feedback about how I lead meetings. This person might have good good feedback about a project that we did together this person might have feedback about my medical care and so who what why Mm. what is my intention is it both caring do i do i am i interested in growing or is there another hidden agenda that i have when so thinking about you know we have the drive-by feedback okay (laughs) which is always it's 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 always something that you have to be careful about because if you catch the person off guard they're not necessarily going to give you the best feedback or they might give you something off the cuff right. that, that could be even hurtful. Yeah. Okay. So when, where the location matters. Yeah. So once again, you want to try to plan a time in that you can get together. That's, that's going to work for them, but also work for you. Neither of you are distracted. Yeah. You're comfortable being able to have enough time and then, and then how, so how is it actually going to happen? So yeah. who, why, when, where, and how that's the plan. Okay. Then once you get into the feedback, once you've set up that scenario, you're with that person, I act. Okay. Very simple. I act. I-A-C-T. Okay. And that's the acronym. So I act stands for your first step in seeking feedback, which is to inquire Mm. or to invite is even more powerful. I like it. So I'm inviting feedback from you. I'm not passively waiting and I'm inviting it as we talked about earlier by giving you a framework. Here's what I'm seeking feedback about. The more specific I can be, the better. Okay. So that's the I. Yeah. Let me hit that real quick. Um, We've got, um, Earlier, you sort of mentioned, well, I've got an open door policy. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm inviting, you know, because I've got an open door policy? So open door policies are, are, are in some ways a passive way to avoid feedback. Oh, oh no. Exactly. <laughs> because if, if, you, if you think about what happens with most open door policies is no one comes. Mm. So I have people saying, I, I see this regularly where people say, I don't understand what you're talking about. I have an open door policy about feedback. I've told people that and I say, what happens? Yeah. 
is there a line outside the door? And they say, no, there's usually not. And I say, does that mean that you don't think people have any have any feedback for you? And they're not sure. But when I ask the people who they who work for them, yeah. they say, oh, yeah, we've got plenty <laughs> of feedback for them. But we don't trust that they really are sincere about that, quote, open door policy. Okay. So that active actually means going to an individual. And as I said earlier, if you can telegraph Here's exactly what I'm seeking feedback about. I'm making it safer for you because I'm not, sometimes if, if I'm asked to give feedback, I'm thinking, what's their agenda? Where are they coming from? I could go wrong. There could be landmines there. Uh, and I want to make sure I don't hit any landmines. So what's my safe response? It's good. It's all good. Everything's fine. And so they leave often thinking that. And again, as I ask people who are impacted by their leadership, is that true? And they say, usually, no, it could be better. And so how do we make that better? So we invite it and we invite it by disarming as much as we can the process. So the second step then is the A. Mm -hmm. The A stands for attend. Attend. Listen. Mm. Okay. And as I like to point out, we listen not with our mouth, but with our ears. And so we're really listening to hear what it is they have to say and in, in the mode of mining for gems. Because usually in any kind of feedback, there's some things that are, that are really not particularly useful. Mm-hmm. But there's likely one or two things that could be either hints of gems or true gems in and of themselves. So we got about one minute. Why don't we hit the C and the T and then we'll take a break. Right. So the C stands for the, – the, 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 so once, once I have listened – I clarify. So when I finally open my mouth, it's for only one intention, and that's to clarify. And then finally, the T is to thank. Ah. So I bring it together, and I say, thank you. And even if the feedback that they've given me isn't particularly useful, I thank them for both the gesture and the courage that they've shown to be able to give me any kind of feedback at all. And we can get into more details about that after the break, if you like. Yeah, that's great, Mark. Hey, I appreciate that you're helping me hit uh, hit the time break. So well done and uh, appreciate the walking us through the model. So stay with us. Mark's here with us for the whole show. And when we come back afterwards, we'll do a little deeper dive into the model. We'll see you after two. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back to Volcast. Uh, we are really having a great conversation around feedback, how to design your culture. Um, we've got Mark Greenwald, Dr. Mark Greenwald from uh, Crillian Clinic, um, who was trained as a physician, still is a physician, but is also a really great thought leader. And so we've been walking through this model called I-ACT. Um, so we just hit the model right before break. Um, and Mark, you know, if maybe you could uh, just, uh, in the effort of sort of saying, what part of it really stands out to you and what's important for our listeners to know about the model? Absolutely. So we were talking about then the, the, the model once again, I-A-C-T, invite, mm-hmm. attend or listen, yeah. clarify, and then thank. 
So I want to come back to clarify because okay, that's where the real landmine is. Oh, so okay. exactly. So so what happens often? Somebody I, I've I've done a really good job listening. So I've attended. I've been present, and I've really given them my undivided attention. And then it comes time for me to open my mouth mm. and to clarify. And this is where the, the landmine is that we can begin to bring our emotion into this. If somebody shared something with us that, that for whatever reason has felt threatening, then all of a sudden we can start to get a charge to what we ask. So rather than just being curious and saying something along the lines of, well, you said that sometimes I, I do this. Tell me more about that. Sounds very charge neutral, mm. right? We can say the same thing, but we can say, now you say that this is something that I do. Tell me more about that. I've just said the same words, but they've heard something very different. And if I do that, they're going underground at that point in time. They are about to either retreat. We talked about fight, flee or freeze. And none of them are going to get us where we want to go. I was freezing for a minute because he, he scowled at me (laughs) and was uh, got his voice much louder and sounded like he's in the military barking at me for a second. So yes, I felt the difference. So clarifying then really becomes that, that, being curious, yeah, you know, you, you say more, you, you say that this is happening. Can you, can you give me an example of that? That would be helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And you really want to make sure that you're not chasing them away. Cause as I said earlier, they've just done a courageous act to give you any information at all. Yeah. So I want to make sure I clarify and not justify and not defend. Yeah. Strictly clarify. And then the thank piece becomes important. As mm-hmm. I said, thanking them, if for no other reason, for the gesture, yeah. for the courageous act that they just gave, if you would think about it as a gift. If you think about feedback as a gift, they've just given me a gift. Yeah. I want to thank them for it. Even if it's not my size or my color, I still want to thank them for it. And so after that, then we have a responsibility as the person who's just received that feedback. Okay. And I call that the three R's. Three R's. Yep. Okay. So we got some, I act and three R's. So some may remember the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Okay. Depending on when, when you schooled. But the three R's in this case, the first R is to reflect. And the whole idea says, I've just received information, some of it which may be total news to me. Yeah. I need to step away and think about that and reflect on it and think what what was true of that, what gems were in there, you know, what what wasn't particularly helpful at all. What, what am I curious about? What am I confused about? So I need to reflect. I need to then respond, mm-hmm. the second R, and I need to respond in two ways. Okay. First of all, if there is anything in that feedback that's useful that I do think is growth producing for me, I need to respond by changing my behavior or beginning to do that process. The second way I need to respond is by actually going back to the person who has given me that feedback and give them some follow-up. And that follow-up may be something, if they've given me feedback that I haven't found particularly useful, that feedback may be something as simple as once again saying, thank you, you've given me some things to think about. Because if I've done my reflection, they've given me some things to think about. However, if I'm going to change some behavior, this is where real opportunity happens. Because I can say, I've really thought a lot about what you said. And here's something that I'm going to do differently based on what you've said. Now, here comes the third R, which is recycle. Mm -hmm. So now I have an opportunity to plant a seed and say, let's use an example of a meeting. At the next meeting, I'm going to try what you suggested. And I'd really appreciate if you would be willing afterwards to give me some feedback about that. Wow. Now wow. I've just mm-hmm. I've just created the recycle process. That's right. What I'm also creating now is a culture of feedback. So mm-hmm. I'm planting the feedback seed and I'm inviting that person, whether they know it or not, to be a part of a feedback network for me. Mm-hmm. And so they, and I can do that explicitly. I can say, wow, this has really been helpful. Or I can go proactively and say to somebody, you're in a key position. You see me. 
in all kinds of situations, you have lots of information that I believe would be very useful for me to continue to grow as the leader. So those, those all become opportunities. So I plan, I act, so that implies action, yeah. and then the three R's. I think it's good. One of the things I just really enjoyed about this model and working with it is, to your point of you're getting some feedback advisors, you opening yourself up, open, have them open to other people in their organization. I also like that it's the, for the listeners, what I want you to also hear is that, you know, the same person doesn't have to give you feedback on everything. Correct. You can be really specific about, hey, you know, I want you to watch on my mechanics of how I run this meeting and give me feedback of me as a facilitator of the meeting. Someone else can be working with you about how well are you driving towards results in another place, right? Another can be, you know, how well was my presentation style? Mm -hmm. And so the more specific you can be in your request when you're planning this, the better it is for the feedback provider to get real concrete. I think lots of times, A, it's hard to give feedback, but part of the reason we say good and it's okay and all that is we weren't sure what we're supposed to be watching for. So the more specific you can be, it pre-programs what that person is looking for and the better your feedback is going to be. Absolutely. And, and I can provide a great example that we Please use do. within medical education with that. We have a lot of our faculty within part of what I do is I, as I teach in, a, in medical school and a residency program. And we have faculty who are working on presentation skills for presentations locally, nationally. And many times what they'll do is they'll come to individuals and say, you're the good introduction person. So would you watch my introduction? You're the good slide person. Would mm-hmm. you watch my slides? Mm-hmm. You're the good dynamics, the, the interaction and dynamics person. Would you watch how I engage the group? You're the good closure person. Would you watch how I close? And then literally going to each of them afterwards and saying, all right, how was that one piece? Always open to something bigger. Do you have other feedback? I'd welcome any of it, but I'm specifically interested in, in that piece because that's the piece you're really good at. The other part that happens with that is if you can go to somebody and tell them that mm-hmm. proactively, they're going to be really excited because, first of all, you've, you've recognized them for something they do well, and they're excited then to share their gift back with you again. And we've watched people accelerate their growth in many, many different areas by using that strategy in, in pretty remarkable ways. Well, just think about it. It was feedback right from the beginning. Hey, you're really great at the intro. <laughs> Right. So I may not know that about myself. Yeah. Right. And so it's feedback already going into it. And you've by giving them the compliment by saying, hey, this is the domain you're great in. They're also going to want to give you back something. They're going to really listen hard. And so it really is, you know, sort of greasing the skids for a, a great feedback. Culture. Absolutely. And, and the other thing you're obviously doing as a leader is you're modeling the process of how to do that. So you hope that they will then go back and think, all right, I'm the introduction person. Maybe they'll think, well, he didn't ask me to do the slides. I wonder if maybe I need some feedback on my slides. And so it's something as simple as that. And that can transition into all kinds of things. That can transition into how I make decisions, how I do budgets. All those things become important. Here's this, the second piece that I think has become the most helpful. So lots of folks have implemented that process, and it's been, it's been successful for those who have done it. Right. A lot never take that first step, or they do it once get a little bit discouraged because it's stung and they don't follow back the second time. And so my encouragement is, of course, don't just do this one time. You're talking about changing a culture because most cultures are not cultures of feedback right now. Here's something that we've done within our own organization and specifically within my department that has made a huge difference in terms of how we go about doing that. I'll give you a very specific example that that my, my boss 
happens to be a very good and longtime friend of mine. However, when I moved into my position where I reported to him, it created a little bit of awkwardness. Sure. And what I found was, despite the fact that in general I felt very comfortable engaging him in any kind of conversation, when it came to some potential improvement performance feedback for him, I was hesitant. Mm. And part of the reason I was hesitant is he wasn't actively asking. Even though we assumed that, right. I needed that reassurance that he was in his position still open to that. He has an open door. He has an open door, <laughs> and he does have an open door, and it wasn't happening. And so right. I, this was my deal, but I was thinking this is an impediment to our feedback. And as a leader, how do I help my leader okay. get better? Because that's obviously in my interest. So we started a process we call Plus Delta. Okay. And we started out actually by me asking for this from him. Mm-hmm. Plus Delta is very simple. We lay out a goal ahead of time. What is it that you're going to be working on over this period of time? We, we meet weekly, so it's over the next week. And then when we get back together, getting back to what we talked about with the rocket, he's able, he's giving me one piece of feedback at the beginning of the meeting. We don't save this till the end. We do this right at the beginning. Here's where you were on target this week. Good. And then the delta. The delta says, here's an area that I think by doing some kind of adjustment, would, would do better. And it doesn't have to be something that's bad. It can be a tweak. It can be a small improvement. But our goal is to continue to improve and create that culture. So when I, when I implemented this, I did it for me. And as we talked about earlier, the reciprocation happened immediately. Right. Immediately he said, well, what about me? And so what we've done now is we incorporate that in our meetings every week, and that is spread throughout our whole department. And so we see plus deltas happening everywhere. And in the process, we're watching people grow in pretty remarkable ways that I believe wouldn't have happened had we not built it deliberately into our culture. So that becomes a culture by design. That's awesome. Uh, and so I just say for our listeners out there, and I'm going to ask Mark to kind of help us with some goal setting, a model he's got for that. Uh, this is a pretty good one just to put into your one-on-one, you know, uh, a team meeting. It can be an opening round. We've talked about rounding in the past. Um, and just be real intentional. And what you'll find is it'll start off kind of like Mark alluded to earlier, you know, kind of superficial, but once they say that you're actually taking the feedback, it didn't bruise you, you come back and you thank them and you make changes, you'll start to get real stuff to work on three, four segments in. Yeah, and I, and I really want to emphasize that, Jeff, that that the good stuff may not come for a few rounds. Yeah. And when it does, that may sting a little bit. So yeah. you may have you may be cruising along and then all of a sudden something comes out and you think, wow, they've been holding that for a long time. And that's where you, again, have to stop and say, make sure I act means when I open my mouth, it's only to clarify because that's the, that, that, those are the gems that you've been mining for all along. And, and you, can't, you can't look at them and say, I can't believe you haven't told me that before. You have to recognize that for whatever reason, they were hesitant to do that up to that point. Yeah. Deep breath. Exactly. You know, Deep take breath. it in, write down your thoughts, and then say, okay, I'd like to clarify. Yep. So, you know, I, good. And part of this is some goal setting that will come out, right? You know, so we've got some things we want to work on now. And so how do we put it into action? Like, you know, I've gotten this feedback. What do I do to, like, get myself better? You know, I think you've got a, a model around some goal setting that you work with. There's, so, you know, many of the listeners have probably heard about SMART goal setting. Sure. And I love the acronym SMART goal setting. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound those are, those are all very sound, and, and, and I would certainly recommend anybody, if you're struggling with a goal, to be able to look at those and say, where have I not identified what I'm doing? What I find, however, is people who, quote, set SMART goals still aren't achieving them regularly. I see this with my patients. I see this with folks who I help to coach in terms of their leadership skills. And, and I believe, gets back to what we talked about earlier, 
that the reason smart goals don't often work is because we've neglected a big part of goal setting, which is the emotional. Part. I know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, it's back to the emotions again. So if you look at the smart part of smart goal setting, it's all the logical pieces of this. You know, mm-hmm. that, that specific, that's logical, measurable, attainable. That's all logic, time bound. Of course, that's logical. And so what I've done is I've said, where's the elephant in that? Getting back to the Heath brothers model, where is the emotional piece of that? And so what I've what I've created that's just helpful for me is almost a a smart goal sandwich called I'm smarter okay and so the I and the M on the on the front part of smart stands for inspiring mm. and and it stands for motivating so it says if I'm going to retain any kind of real goal whether it be a weight loss or whether it be fitness or whether it be to be a better leader how's that inspiring to me and others that's motivating good. On a regular basis, how is that going to get me going toward that goal? And then on the other side of the sandwich, then the E and the R stands for energizing and rewarding. So as I'm working toward that goal, what will keep me energized on a moment-by-moment basis? And then finally, rewarding, when I achieve that goal, how will I and others celebrate that? Hmm. So making sure that you, you sandwich the logical part of goal setting with the emotional part of goal setting gives you a much more complete package and really sets you up likely for much more success in the context of, of achieving your goal. I'm energized. Mark, thanks for being with us today. It has been fascinating. Uh, we've got about a minute left here. One last tip or tool or you know, where should we start maybe as we walk away? So, Jeff, I, I want to encourage all your listeners to take the courage to mm-hmm. actually go and seek some feedback around something. Mm-hmm. If, they, if everyone just did that, you'll watch magic happen. You really will. And you'll be surprised about things that you were blind to. Remember, usually feedback is about things that we're blind to because if we weren't blind to them, we'd already be doing them well. And so this provides others the opportunity to really help us grow. But I want to encourage them to actually do it mm-hmm. and to try it. And if it doesn't work the first time, to keep at it because feedback is the really the miracle growth leadership i love it um you know and i'll wrap up with you know feedback is a gift it's just not one all always that's easily received and so you know go ahead and practice it and um what i encourage you is make sure you start with someone that uh when you're asking for feedback that cares about you mm-hmm. so you know get that muscle honed so during the week um if you want to find us it's uh, jeff at voltageleadership.com voltageleadership.com is our website. You can find our blog. We'll, we'll reinforce this. I'll be writing a blog about uh, Mark's model, so we'll make sure that you've got that. You can understand it uh, um, in some more places. On top of that, you know, you can always find us um, on Twitter at Voltage Leadership or on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Please continue to give us feedback. So uh, you have helped shape the, the show. We appreciate the ideas, suggestions, phone calls, and letters. But most importantly, each and every week, go try one of these things. Create a great week. And give us some feedback on what you're doing. In the meantime, have an awesome week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, illuminating leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.